This, this, this is, 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 Disciples. Welcome to Abu Dhabi, my man. Good to be here. The, uh, the fight of the night king, I think people are re referring to you as out here, you oh, know? Yeah. yeah, I think it is. I think Lots of kings walking around out here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you saw, I think, when you arrived here on, on Friday, the love from the fans. First of all, did that take you by surprise, for like when, sure, you, when you got sure. off the plane? It was crazy, man. That was intense. I, uh, it was awesome. I was telling them that I've never been, like, received any place I've fought at. You know, I, mean, I have a lot of fights traveling all over, and uh, this has been, like, the nicest, most welcoming place I've ever fought. Well, that obviously comes from the performances that you're putting into the octagon, you know? Like I was saying a moment ago, the amount of bonuses, you're on a little bit of a streak for bonuses at this moment in time. You're putting it all in the octagon, and I think fans appreciate that. For sure, that's just the way I fight, man. Every time out. Saturday, expect the same. <laughs> um, regarding, well, actually, it's quite a significant week for you this week, isn't it? Because it's not just, obviously, the unification of the titles. Wedding anniversary as well? Ten-year wedding anniversary tomorrow. Yeah? Yeah, man. Is your wife out here? Is she, are she's you able to? She lands tonight, but she's going to be in Dubai, so I'm not going to see her till Thursday. Okay. So have you got anything planned? Are you allowed to do anything? Are you allowed to maybe just go out for a little bit of something to eat? I know you've obviously no, got I weight cutting and first thing like that. Anything. You can't do anything, no. so you're saving it for maybe for Sunday for the, for the big celebration. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about how, obviously, your marriage and your, and your relationship with your wife has has helped with your, with your fight career because you seem a real tight unit. You, you three at home seem a real tight unit and it seems to be that everything comes from that as a source. Yeah, we definitely are. Um, you know, my wife's been there with me since the first, since my first amateur fight. And uh, she actually drove me to it. Lots of times she drove me to, to local fights and mm. fights around Louisiana and, and small cities and towns. Uh, she's been there since the beginning, so. It's awesome to have her, you know, full circle here fighting to unify the world titles. My wife flying in, and uh, it's just blessings, man. Hard work pays off. Well, pe people don't see that, do they? they? They see, obviously, you in the octagon. They, they know, probably know about you training, but they don't necessarily know about the sacrifices that are made at home, obviously, because you're out doing your thing, and you're out for a long period of time in certain training camps, and your wife's right. at home, obviously, with bringing up a young daughter and stuff like that. It's tough. It's tough not just on you, but it's, it, it, it's tough on them as well. Yeah, for sure. They're making sacrifices. You know, they come out to Florida. We usually have one car. Um, they're stuck in, the, in the, my place out there uh, two times a day when I'm training. They, they, you know, they're away from family and friends. Mm. But uh, that's just the sacrifices to get to the top, you know. Mm. Originally, my wife had to, she dropped out of college to move with me to Florida to chase my dreams. So she put hers aside, wow. you know, so. But it's all paying off. Well, that must have been an unbelievable moment then when you beat Max Holloway and you're, you're lifting some UFC gold. It must be to be able to go back to her. And I suppose that's some type of thank you, isn't it? You know, in a way oh, where you sure. can go, we did it. For sure, yeah. Um, it was, that was a special night, man, in April, Atlanta, Georgia. I'll never forget that. Those feelings and, and those emotions and just me and her after the fight when we finally went back to the, to the place we were staying and it was just letting it all sink in. It was amazing. I'm seeing quite a lot on your social media with your, with your little girl. She, uh, she, she's the champ herself, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It seems like she's walking around and enjoying the belt a little like, uh, like dad on that night. Yeah, she's crazy, man. I, need to, I gotta bring, she'll be upset. I gotta bring this one back for her. <laughs> was, that the, was that the final message when, she, when you obviously stepped on the plane and said, Daddy, you know, yeah, yeah. I, could do, I could do another one of these, you yeah, know? Exactly. She, she knows what's going on. She knows she calls it punch punch. She knows I'm going punch punch. <laughs> she knows Tuesday we're going to the zoo. So it's good. I got stuff to look forward to. She does. So daddy's job is punch punch. Punch punch. But the most important thing is obviously the, the zoo. The, yeah, the, she wants to see giraffes. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding you becoming a father, because 
I don't, I don't know whether you've looked at it as deep as this, but just as a fan observing, when you first shot onto the scene in the UFC, you, like during fight week and things like that, you're quiet. I don't want to obviously, it's aggression what you're doing for a living, but you seemed extra pumped during fight week, the way that you're having conversations with various things like that. But over the last three years or so, you seem a lot calmer huh. during fight week. Do you see a direct correlation with maybe becoming a parent? Has that helped with your mentality? Preparing for fights? Taught, taught me patience for sure. I mean, having a young kid is a test of your patience every day. Yeah. Um, but it, it could have, it just, uh, honestly, fighting is, is what I do and I, and I, you know, it's my life's work. Mm -hmm. But having a daughter kind of put it in perspective. I'm still like, no matter what happens here in Abu Dhabi, when I go home, I'm dad. Yeah. And that just like takes a little bit off of the pressure I used to put on myself as a fighter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, that might be it. Does that help with obviously the real objective of what you're trying to achieve? Because before it was maybe just for yourself, your own personal achievements, but now you're creating a legacy for family and stuff. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to set my family up. Um, you know, the motivation and the reasons change throughout the years as you evolve and grow. And, and But uh, yeah, that's, I, I, want, I want to provide for my family. I want to set my daughter up with opportunities I didn't have growing up. Yeah. Um, for sure, man. And that mentality seems to be going wider now with your, with your hometown in Lafayette. The, you're setting up charities there and helping guys out there that, again, you were talking about providing opportunities for people that don't necessarily have those opportunities given to them. And you've set up charities there in order to, to help some of your own people. Yeah, man, me and my wife, I wouldn't, that wouldn't have been done without her as well. She's, you know, we're partners in everything. The belt's half, you know, she, she, she has half the belt. Um, the charity is, is half her doing, you know. Uh -huh. um, yeah, but we're, we're doing a lot of things right now with, with the charity. We've done, done some great stuff in the past, raising money with fights, but I have a platform with fighting that other people who, who in need don't. So I'm just trying to use it as a megaphone to get, get their, their voice out there and, you know, to, to I'm already gonna get in there and fight for my family, but if I can benefit other people in the process, I think that's, that's a beautiful thing to do. Yeah. I find that it is important, like, obviously even speaking to Habib, and obviously he's big on his hometown and his home people and stuff like that, and obviously listening to the way that you're speaking, it's a good example maybe to set for younger fighters coming through, just to remind, listen man, you have that platform, yeah. and it's important to give back. Yeah, you know, like nowadays, the way the sport is, it's all about saying crazy stuff and, and one-liners so media can, get clickbait and, and that's what sells fights, but I'm trying to make being a great person great again. That's what I'm trying to do. Oh, are we not seeing, I think we're seeing a change in fans' attitude as well, because you, you are right with the clickbait uh, world that we live in and that one-liner and the tradition, I suppose, of, at press conferences of slagging each other off and, and what have you. But I think fans are starting to buy in more of the human being behind the fighter. You know, for example, all the things that you're doing right. uh, with Lafayette. And I think people, people see authenticity and people are buying into that. And maybe that's why you were received so well out here. I don't know. I'm glad that people are, you know, seeing that and, and, and uh, I'm building a fan base on that because mm. I'm, I'm just trying to be myself. You know, I'm not trying to be anything I'm not or talk fancy and be crazy like these guys are doing. I'm just, you know, some people are really that, but a lot of these guys are forcing it. What's, what's the final ambition then with the Good Fight Foundation? What, what type of things do you want to achieve with it? Uh, the, actually, this fight, we're raising money. I'm going to auction off my, my whole fight kit and my gloves for uh, the Pygmy people of Uganda. They wow. recently had a flood and it ruined the water well. They have at an orphanage there. So we're doing a um, solar-powered water well and water tower 
And, uh, you know, we partnered up with Justin Wren, another f fighter. Uh, he has a foundation called Fight for the Forgotten. Mm -hmm. And that's our goal. You know, last goal, we built a, a playground for disabled children in Lafayette, Louisiana. And for this one, we ended up reaching out to him and found out about the flood in Uganda. And it just came together really organically. So we knew that was what we needed to focus on. And that's what we're raising money for right now. Mm. It's, mate, it's so refreshing to hear because you come across so many guys that get to the top, that become a champ, they're starting to get paid well, life, you know, different opportunities come their way. And they kind of forget there's a bigger world out there. I mean, it's, yeah. you've obviously got a good base at home in order to keep your feet on the ground and, and, and keep things real. Right. Mm. Right. I'm just trying to make people smile and feel good, man. And I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to fight regardless. So if I can affect other people with what I'm going to do already, that's, that's, that's what needs to be done. Let's talk about the fight at the weekend, right? Two champs coming together in a purpose-built stadium, you know. In the Thunderdome, the, in, two, two men in and one man leaves. <laughs> it, is, it is a bit Rocky Balboa, isn't it? You know, it's a, li sure. it's a little bit, it's, it's a movie script. Do you feel that? I do, uh, just because of my career, what, what I've had to go through to, to get to this point. And uh, then the, obviously the guy I'm fighting, the undefeated champion, yeah. um, who, who's maybe never lost a round, you know, that's like a Rocky movie. But that's my life story. But you must, uh, during your life story then, during, during your professional career, did you ever feel that you would actually get to this point? Were there moments in your head where you think to yourself, you know, maybe, maybe it is a touch too far, I don't know. I, I knew I was capable of doing it. I never said that it's never gonna happen. But you know, I've had setbacks that, that yeah. are, I'd, I'd got back to my house after fight weeks that didn't go my way. And like, what am I, what's, I would ask myself, what's going on when I look in the mirror because I'm doing everything I could possibly do to be the best fighter I can be. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm showing up every day, I'm pushing myself, I'm sacrificing, I'm, I'm doing it, crossing all the boxes, you know, of everything I need to do. And, um, but that's fighting. That just took me a, a few years to understand that. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, but I just stayed true, stayed true to the path. And, and now we're unifying the belts here. How much is obviously moving and working with Mike over the last few years and what have you, how much has that helped you develop as a mixed martial artist? It's really helped me out a lot, you know. Um, around, uh, helped me round out my game. Um, working on a lot of things at America Top Team. I've been there seven years now. Yeah. So you know, I kind of came in just with kickboxing uh, and, and jujitsu. That's all I had. No wrestling at all, really. My grappling was just from jujitsu, jujitsu tournaments, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I rounded it out. Now I'm a complete mixed martial artist. No, certainly, man. Yeah. And you talk about that wrestling base. How important? have you found that that wrestling base is, especially in this sport? Because if you look down the lineage of all the champions, especially the modern day champions, I think there's only two that really don't have a, some type of, uh, of wrestling base. It's crazy how important wrestling seems to be with mixed martial arts. It, it, it's very important. And uh, nowadays it's kind of like mixed martial arts is its own art form. Guys are getting so good at, at everything, you know, in the, in the scramble and the, with the jiu-jitsu and wrestling mix, you know, it's a different breed of, of fighter and athlete at this point of, of mixed martial arts mm. and um, you know moving American Top Team really helped me round all that out um, but but like you said the most dominant champions in the UFC history probably have been wrestlers yeah yeah your as well as obviously all your attributes one of your big strengths seems to be your, your output your cardio the way that you can just go for 25 minutes and it doesn't seem to phase you do you see at the weekend that that is going to be quite important uh, to get your hand raised at the end of the fight it's, it's important in every fight you know to keep pushing, to keep a champion's pace, to take rounds from these guys, you mm -hmm. know, because they aren't, 
you know, you, you got to take it from these guys at this level. And uh, Khabib's a guy who wears on, on people, you know, until he breaks them. So I need to be able to, to go for 25 minutes. And that's what we've done. That's, I've come in a little bit lighter this fight week. I've pushed my cardio harder than I ever have. And I think I'm in the best sh shape of my life. And mm. I'm going to show that Saturday. He's used to dictating pace, but I'm sure you're in, in the back of your mind. You, it's all about you dictating that pace, stamping your authority as soon as that first bell goes. It, it definitely is, but I can't get overzealous and, and push it and try to hurt him early and leave my feet planted for, and let him get in on my legs. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a fine line I have to walk in this fight. This is a championship fight. I, I have to be very smart in there, take the risks, calculate it, and, and, and keep it moving. Does it, does it make it slightly easier to prepare for something when you know exactly what he's going to do? No, this has been one of the hardest training camps of my life, you know. Uh, we know what he's going to do, but nobody's been able to stop it. Everybody <laughs> knows what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, but just every day, it was almost like a strength and, strength and conditioning session every day in training camp because I got these guys, these wrestlers on me, trying to get away from them, you know, um, carrying their weight, getting up, building up off the ground over and over and over again. It, it was a tough camp, mm -hmm. you know, but it's going to be that kind of fight. Talk to me about atmosphere because you're used to fighting over in the States. The crowd are crazy. In the UK, where I'm from, the crowd absolutely go crazy. What are you expecting in the, in the purpose-built uh, Thunderdome <laughs> at the weekend? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I've never really watched any, any fights out here. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure how the, how the crowd reacts. The fans that I've met so far have been, I mean, it might be loud in there. I, I don't think they're going to be quiet. I think it's going to be loud. I think they're expecting good fights. And... Um, you know, when this fight got announced and the location got announced, I thought I was going to be coming here again in enemy territory and, and, and booed and stuff. And that might happen. But, man, it's been, like I said, the welcome and, and the fans, even people who tell me, you know, I'm, I'm with Khabib, but you are a great fighter. You know, like, it's been very respectful. And uh, I think they just want to see a good fight. When you have your head hand raised at the weekend, what next? Because you would think from a lot of outsiders looking in, that's the pinnacle. Can it get, can it get bigger? Dustin Poirier after the weekend? I mean, going out there and stopping a guy like Khabib, I, I really feel like that would put me in mixed martial arts history as one of the best, no, the best lightweight fighter. And uh, we'll see. You know, then it's about legacy and it's about being a champion mm -hmm. and, and respecting that belt. But uh, I'm just focused on Saturday right now. I've heard you speak actually about um, re respecting the sport as a champion and that is obviously giving other guys who you believe have earned the right for an opportunity at the shot of the belt as you most certainly did yourself and obviously Tony Ferguson's name and people like that come in there. Where, where do you see the pecking order in, in this lightweight division because there's always going to be the conversation of Conor McGregor in the background isn't there? Especially, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. especially with an opportunity for maybe you to get that win back after a previous defeat to him. Yeah, but uh, you know the guy's lost a few fights in a row. Tony hasn't lost in uh, years, you know, years, six, seven years, maybe, maybe longer. Uh, Tony's the next guy. If we're keeping this a sporting event, we're keeping this a sport and respecting rankings and respecting people's work that they put in, mm -hmm. there's no question about it, Tony's next. What are your views on Connor at this moment in time? You know, I, I, I don't like to speak about other people, especially when they're not around. Uh, I hope he gets himself together, you know. He went from 
apologizing from to absolutely no one to absolutely everyone. So, yeah. you know, that's, hopefully he pulls it together. You've obviously been in the octagon with him. What learns do you take from that particular moment? Because I, I remember you speaking at the time about the psychological effect, I suppose, of that particular fight and how that has to help you move forward. Is that the, is that the biggest gain that you take from it? Yeah, you know, in the lead up to Conor fight, I couldn't post a picture on online or, or his fans were crazy, you know, like <laughs> attacking my wife and, and just online, of course, yeah, uh, yeah. just crazy nonstop threats and, and people saying you suck and stuff like that. And at that time of my career, I was reading stuff and I, I was not taking it to heart, but thinking about it like, mm -hmm. oh man, what? but that helped me for the future because now I don't care about that stuff, you know, and, and in this fight with Khabib, obviously he has a lot of Russian fans and it's it's like that when I, anything I post online, it's going to be a hundred. The first hundred posts are going to be uh, people talking crap about me losing to Khabib or something like that. So Does, it kind of made me immune to that stuff. Yeah. Does it surprise you? I mean, it always surprises me. You guys are trained fighters. Yeah. It, always, it always amuses me that there's guys out there that, OK, the fans of the sport, but feel the need to be able to say something to a trained fighter that is negative about the way that they go about their business, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I learned just in the, in the process of being who I am now that I, I would never take critique from anybody I wouldn't take advice from. So if I don't respect you in that form to where I would listen to you, you know, give me advice on something, then the, your, your opinion doesn't really matter to me. That's a fair point, yeah. man. Talk to me about the fight then. How's it play out at the weekend? I think he's going to try to get in and, and keep me against the fence, um, try to wear me down. I need to keep it in the middle of the, of the octagon, obviously. I need to use my boxing, my range, my rhythm, my timing and just keep him on the end of things. Um, I think he's going to try to get him, stay in my face and try to wear me down. He, he's openly said that, you know, maybe he'll come out and try to box. Maybe he's been working on his boxing, mm -hmm. but I think he's going to be diving for my legs. And then the hand gets raised. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.